Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, this is Robert Smile coming to today with Canada's podcast, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Krista Frankur has worked as a designer and brand builder for 14 years. In 2014, she moved to Malaysia to work for the famous transformational education company, Mind Valley, and has since supported some of the biggest names in personal development, such as Harv Ecker, Deepak Chopra, The Shift Network, the authors of Stealing Fire, and more, all while building her own health food company, Wild Remedies. Well, Krista, welcome to Canada's podcast, and thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thank you. I'm super excited to be chatting with you today, Robert. Okay. I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and give us the details on your current business. I know you're in Kelowna right now, which puts you in British mm-hmm. Columbia. Uh, are you are you from Kelowna? Is that where you're originally? I am, well, originally, originally, I am from Northern BC. I was born in Fort St. John, British Columbia. And I lived there until I was about 10 years old, until my parents packed my sister and I up and moved us to Kamloops. So a little bit more south, but that is where I spent the majority of my time growing up until my my mid-20s. Okay. Now your current business, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Wild Remedies is a functional tea company that I have been building for the past five years, I'd say. Um, It started as an idea um, back back actually when I was living in Malaysia, like, like you mentioned. I had moved overseas in 2014 after going through... I don't know. It was a a huge transformation for me at at that point. And I had an ad agency that I had in um, Kamloops for about four and a half years, decided just to totally change course, sold everything that I owned, moved overseas, didn't even know where Malaysia was. I thought I was like, oh, it's somewhere by Thailand. Well, just very, very brave. (laughs) Yeah. Or crazy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great adventure. Um, but that was, I was living over there when I decided that I wanted to create a product. So my experience is design in all different forms. I've created packaging, mostly a lot of branding, uh, websites, and I've been doing it for a lot of people for many years. And I thought, well, you know what, maybe I should just do this for myself. And I, yeah, I just, I decided that I wanted to do a product. A bunch of crazy serendipitous um, events happened that pushed me in the direction of testing out a certain ingredient, which is a medicinal mushroom called chaga. And I handmade my first tea product in my kitchen living in Malaysia. I launched it at the Bali Spirit Festival in Indonesia, put about, I don't know, 150 tins of dark brown mushroom tea in my suitcase and thought that there would be no problem getting into Indonesia with a bunch of metal and potentially contraband (laughs) mushroom powder in my bag. It was a little, um, well, it was a little bit dicey to say the least, but I made it through. And I just, I hustled that product for a few years with no business plan, no idea what I was doing. 
I just knew that this was something that I was meant to do and eventually had another burst of inspiration for a product line that I dreamed up on a drive to Utah once, a solo road trip, and decided that this was the thing that I really need to do. And it was essentially a spinoff of the um, the first tea product that I created. And when I finally ended back in Canada, um, a few years from the beginning of my adventures, I ended up with some really amazing mentorship. I, I moved home. I moved to Vancouver. And it was the first time that I've ever had mentorship in my life. And I had met someone who introduced me to a company called Good to Grow. Um, so they are a consulting company out of North Vancouver, and they work with health food uh, startups. And I talked to them about my tea, of course, and they're like, oh, this is really cool. But like, do you have anything else? Like, this isn't, you know, it's just a product like retailers want a line. And I said, well, I have an idea. And I showed it to my mentors there. And my one mentor, Jeff, he, I had designed it essentially as a designer, right? I like, I created the mock-ups and whatever. And I was like, these are the flavors. This is what the packaging is going to look like. This is the concept. And he took a look at my laptop and he sat there for a long time and was really quiet. He was like, well, you know, I think you have a bit of a problem here. And I said, what? And he's like, Whole Foods will buy this in a second. It's absolutely amazing. You have to figure out a way to make it. And so that was, I think, in 2019, summer of 2019, I think. Mm -hmm. And, or no, 2018. And so decided to build a real business plan, find the money to produce these products. I had my idea was for, I don't know, like five to nine um, initial products in this line that we now call magic lattes. Um, but we started with three and did all of the manufacturing and all of the things through COVID when everything went down. And we now are officially launched since the middle of September. And we are well on our way to the shelves of Whole Foods. So very exciting. Great. Okay. I want you to give me a key piece of knowledge or information about your industry that our listeners can learn from. Well, I mean, I'm still learning so much about this industry. My background is marketing and design, right? Like I never considered that I would be a CPG entrepreneur at any point. And it's exciting. I'm learning a lot. But I think one of the most important things that I learned during this journey is that when you are developing consumer packaged goods products and you are looking to diversify channels, so if you are not looking at just doing direct-to-consumer, but you're also looking at doing wholesale, you have two different customer demographics. So I always had the end user in mind and through a lot of my mentorship that was reframed in a way um, to make me see that we also need to be marketing to the retailers so that could be how your packaging is designed um, i remember at one point i was considering having uh, the packaging in like these um, kind of like biodegradable tubes almost 
And I was advised against that because retailers hate round packaging because it bunches up on the shelves and it doesn't look as nice and it's not as easy to stack. Um, And there's all of these different considerations that you need to take into account when you are looking at different sales channels. Oh, okay. So packaging and making sure that it looks good on the shelf has been obviously a big component of success. That that's really important. Also, your pricing, all of those, you know, regular things. But one thing that's unique to our product, and I think that has really made us stand out for retailers, is the versatility of our packaging. So our products, wait, do I have one that's full? I do. So our products come in boxes, but you can also open them. And on the inside, we have single serving sachets as well. Oh, okay. So not only can people purchase them individually, which allows you know people to try your product at a lower price point, but we can also position these at the tills in retailers or have them on right. trips. And so you can place the product in lots of different places in a grocery store, which is something that uh, retailers really, really love. And it also helps you bulk out the shelf space um, on uh, on the shelf. So we can have our products lined up either as full size or have them open as well. So you have to... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about doing business in British Columbia and what that looks like for you. What are the biggest benefits for you in being an entrepreneur in British Columbia? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give some of the tough things or challenges you've had along the way for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Mm-hmm. So some of the good things about starting a business in BC is the local aspect. People love to support local here. And the Buy BC brand holds a lot of power. So we made sure that we got Buy BC certified um, right away as we were going through our manufacturing process. And I mean, being in Kelowna, I know there's, um, I I think this is kind of unique to the Okanagan, but we do a lot of markets. So on top of the farmer's markets, we have craft markets, we have holiday markets, tons of markets, and you can actually move a lot of product through those channels and create a lot of local brand awareness, which is really, really helpful, especially when you're just getting started because you want to start small and local and kind of build out from there. And then in terms of challenges, I mean, we've been having a lot of natural disasters recently. Yeah, up there, the smoke, the heat, from the fires, floods. To floods and, it shows uh, how resilient you are. It really shows how, you know, you guys can get through anything no, up there. We, Nothing we, we stops you. We, yeah, you don't have a choice, right? Yeah. Like, you don't give up. You have to keep going. And so we have rising prices of transportation and, you know, logistics is just totally crazy. Everything is backed up. But, you know, we are really all in this together. So the challenges that we're facing, Everyone all is. other businesses are facing it as well, right? So, yeah, yeah okay. it's tough, but everybody gets it. Now, you moved back here from Malaysia. So I want to kind of take you back to that time. If you were to start all over again and you just moved here back to Kelowna or back to British Columbia, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what you've been through, 
what would you do differently? And how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur in British Columbia? Well, I think if I were to start all over again, I would look for mentorship much, much earlier. (laughs) I didn't have mentorship until, I don't know, three, four years into this process, which made a huge, huge difference for me. And I would also strongly suggest building a business plan. (laughs) I was so naive in the beginning thinking, oh, I don't really need that. Like, I'm just going to throw stuff together. It's fine. You know, as a creative person, I was like, I hate numbers. Like, it's not a big deal. And you live and die by your numbers as as an entrepreneur. Like, it is the number one thing that you need to be on top of. So would you say getting an accounting class, taking a some kind of online courses on accounting? I mean, that would be helpful, I think. Well, that, that would have been a big barrier for me, I think, as a creative individual. Um, I think... I'm trying to think the best way. So for what, what really got me invested in the numbers was going through the process of getting funding, right? So... I got my startup capital through a combination of Community Futures, Futurepreneur, and BDC. And each one of them had so many different requirements. Obviously, a lot of numbers were um, required. But I ended up having this one specific spreadsheet, this cash flow spreadsheet that I needed to have filled out for Futurepreneur. They wouldn't accept any other kinds. I had my accountants build up these big, beautiful projections that ended up being useless and we never used them. But this one 24-month spreadsheet, I remember it was so ugly. Like as a designer, I was like, oh, like the user experience of this is terrible. I don't even want to use it. I used that thing I mean, I, I look at it every single week. Like I, it, it's my Bible at, at this point. So it's not, it's not a big, heavy, scary, huge database of things. It's something that is just a perfect guiding point for me. And once I started utilizing that and got comfortable with that one spreadsheet, that just made such a huge, huge difference for me and made it feel you know, like this was something that I could really get comfortable with. Okay. Let's talk about your morning routines. What does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, as a health food entrepreneur, I'm all about all of the, the health things and my morning routine kind of changes um, from, from time to time, but it does always focus on some sort of self-care. So right now, what it looks like is getting up in the morning and getting in front of, I have this red light. It's really cool. Um, It's by a company called Rouge, I believe. And it emits this red and near infrared light that helps create, what is that, like cell regeneration and mitochondrial health in, in your body. And then I'll do, you know, some meditation or a little bit of tapping um, in, in front of the light. And then some days I feel like journaling. Some days I feel, well, most days I have a workout in, in the morning. Um, really important to, to move the body. And some mornings I just want to do something a little bit creative and maybe play the piano or do something that's a little bit different to, to start my day off. And of course, when the weather's better, 
I definitely try to get outside in the mornings. Yeah, up in Kelowna, there's so much to do up there. It's a, definitely mm-hmm. a, a lifestyle city. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely, I mean, I, I think I could say anybody could be an entrepreneur, but I feel like entrepreneurs are a special breed of critical thinkers and people that have vision in a way that is unique to most individuals. And in order to be successful, you have to have a lot of tenacity um, and just really embody not just the mindset, but, you know, walk the talk of never giving up on, on your dream, because there's a lot of times that you're going to want to fail <laughs> or that exactly. you feel like you're going to fail and you got to keep going. Okay. Entrepreneurs like to read and educate themselves. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks, podcasts and like, and can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gone through periods of just like devouring all of the business books. And then I go through a period of all of the personal development books, but some ones that I can think back on that helped me on my entrepreneurial journey would be um, like the big leap. That was a really good one. It kind of helps you identify fears that kind of keep you back from reaching your potential, your your, your full potential. And the surrender experiment. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. It has, you know, a lot of kind of like woo woo spiritual stuff behind it, but it's, it's, it's such a phenomenal story about, um, this man who started out just wanting to create inner peace and not really wanting to interact with anything in, in the world. And he made a promise to just say yes to anything that came along to him. And he ended up owning a multi-billion dollar tech company. It's really, really cool. He said yes to everything? Everything. Everything. Yeah. He just, he had to say yes to it. And the way that the universe led him was just absolutely miraculous. It's so cool. Such a cool talk, book. Talk about positive thinking. Okay. Online yeah. or offline tools you use on a daily basis that you could recommend? Um, I, oh my gosh, I have a few tools. Um, we manage our team through Slack. I am also a fan of Airtable. It allows me to, um, essentially have Trello inside of a calendar, which I've tried lots of different things to organize myself, but for some reason that is the best. Ooh, also it has this really great feature. If you're like me and you have like several Gmail accounts, you can have all of your Gmail accounts within this one app called Shift. And you can easily switch through everything rather than like the thing that you have to do with the browser. That's super annoying. If anybody is aware of that, I think that's a really great tool. Okay. If you were doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? If I weren't doing what I'm doing now? Yeah, if you had to shift gears and go, okay, I'm going to do something I've always wanted to do. Aside from where you're at. I mean, when I was five, I wanted to be a paleontologist. And I've always dreamed about like, you know, maybe, maybe when I retire, I'll take up archaeology and go to Egypt and like, you know, dig up cool stuff in the pyramids. I think that'd be really fun. 
What kind of a job could you not do? Anything working for someone else. <laughs> yes. I left that fairly early on in life. I just, I don't like working for other people. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Anything you do use on a daily basis that maybe some of your employees or working mm. people often hear you say? Well, I think just, I mean, really just, just never give up, right? Like I say this phrase all the time, just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, when there's adversity or challenges, it's never, I mean, we know entrepreneurship is like this, right? It's like up and down, up and down. And the highs are really great, but the lows are inevitable. And all you can do is put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. What's your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear? Failure, I guess. I mean, that to me is just never an option. Um, I mean, failures are inevitable in a certain sense, but I like to find the opportunity in failure. And, you know, I choose to learn those events as learning opportunities. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Creative would be number one. Um, obviously, because of the design and you know uh, everything about the business to me feels very creative. I love beautiful things. You, you said you play piano too, right? Is that- Oh yeah, I play piano, I sing, um, okay. yeah, illustration, pottery, all of the stuff. I love, I just love creativity. So you, anything creative. You grab anything creative. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. What keeps you at night, if anything? When do you go to bed at night? Do you always think about work? Do you journal? Do you write notes? Do you have something at your bedside that you can just kind of jot down anything in the middle of the night, or you just turn it off and go to sleep? So what I like to do before I go to bed, because I find like I'm just a voracious consumer of everything, right? Knowledge, needing to know what's going on in the world. It's like work all day. So in the evening, I make sure to read a few pages of a fictional book. So it can't be educational. It has to be like a storybook of some sort. I'm really into like sci-fi fantasy stuff. And it has to be analog, no screens. And I do that every evening and it's now, it's, it's like a comforting thing for me. And so usually I get through like three pages and then I'm falling asleep and that helps me get to bed. I do the same thing. Works well for me. Okay. Give us the top three things on your inspired life list. Are there things you'd like to do? Travel more, TEDx talk. I'm a painter, pianist, anything like that beyond what you're doing now? Well, I mean, I miss masterminds. And, uh, you know, meeting cool people all over the world. So I would definitely love to be doing more of that. I also aspire to be a land and potential farm owner here sooner than later. Um, I'm actually starting to look at property this spring with my sister. She has a farm um, up in Fort St. John. And she's looking at moving down south. And I would actually love for her to grow some of the ingredients for our products. And I mean, on my vision board is a chateau in 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 France. I'm I'm half French and every time oh. I go to Europe, 
well, half French and half Ukrainian. Europe is just my happy place. I absolutely love it there. And I mean, I think in Italy, you can buy a piece of property for like a euro. So doing that at one point and, you know, getting an old ruined church or something and turning it into something beautiful would be really fun. Or even a hotel. I heard that's been done. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any advice that you may have received along the way that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout Canada? Yeah. So one thing that I think is really important and some advice that I've received is to generate multiple streams of income. So never putting all of your eggs in one basket. For myself, like I'm, I'm still doing design work for clients. It's not all full-time wild remedies yet because we're not big enough. Everybody in the company gets paid except for me. I'm the last because I'm investing in the company in, in other ways. And I, you know, by, by having another uh, source of income, it just allows you to feel more, more confident, less stressed out, you know, when you're having ups and downs with, with your startup and yeah, it just makes things a lot less stressful. I think it's important also too, when you get into entrepreneurship, you're doing something that is not just about the money and that you, you are, that is not the driving factor. Like when we started the podcast, it was all about providing value for other Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, putting them first and, uh, and where they live and how they operate and where they got to where they are, which is why we went national to, you know, increase the size of the stage. Um, But I think, you know, with what you're doing with with the teas and things like that, you have a general passion for that and Mm -hmm. healthy foods, healthy lifestyle, creativity. I mean, it's kind of emanates through that whole process. Um, Yeah. And uh, you're obviously not in it just for, you know, you have to look at the the ledgers, the balance sheets, but you're you're definitely doing it for the love of the product and what it brings to people. Absolutely. Well, that's really the number one thing, right? Yeah. Like when I decided to create this product, yes, it was like, oh, I had an inkling that I wanted to create a physical product, but I had done a lot of deep personal work about what the type of world that I want to be a part of and how I can help build that. And for me, what's really important is sustainability and community and health and, you know, moving away from certain systems that keep people sick and anxious. Um, So that was really what sparked the initial idea to create healthy products that, that help people. Did Mind Valley come in at any inspirational points for you to embark upon this journey? Um, I mean, not, you know, I didn't have any discussions with vision or anything um, about that, but being in that environment for two and a half years was definitely transformational. It's a personal development company, right? And we got to rub shoulders with the most famous people in, in that industry. And so there was a lot of inspiration and a lot of conversations about how to, how to build a better world. And so that that naturally definitely helped, you know, um, formulate the idea for sure. Okay. We're going to wrap things up here, Krista. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Um, I don't think that 
there's anything else that I can add that that last piece that we talked about, about finding your purpose, um, I think is really what I would like to drive home for, for people. Um, everybody just wants to have peace in their life. And the best way to achieve that is by, by, by finding your purpose. And you can learn more about Wild Remedies and our line of magic lattes at wildremediesshop.com. And our Instagram handle is wild underscore remedies. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can email me directly at Krista, K-R-Y-S-T-A at wildremediesshop.com. Okay. Krista, thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you so much. This was fun. I'll see you next time.